Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you today. You can check out our website, unpackingit.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to our weekday email devotional where we take a current sports story related to the Bible. And of course, right now in the world of sports, it's been challenging, but we continue to bring you the devotional uh, Monday through Friday. And uh, I think we'll take a day off for uh, July 4th, but, uh, but we appreciate your support. And on today's show, we will be joined by Thomas Morstead. He's the punter and kickoff specialist for the New Orleans Saints. And if you know me, I'm a Panthers fan, so it's tough to, to talk to a player from the Saints. But uh, no, he's a great guy, and I think you'll be encouraged by what he shares with us today. He's got a new book. It's called The Middle School Rules of Thomas Morstead. And, and a lot of the stories and principles uh, that he you know, discusses and, and lessons that he learned growing up you know, are, are specific for middle schoolers growing up. But I tell you what, the topics we discussed resonate with us and, and some of those things that you learn, you continue to learn later on in life as well. You're reminded of some of the things that, that you maybe first learned in middle school. And so uh, I think you'll, you'll be intrigued by the conversation. And then I'll give you some thoughts after the interview on, on some of the things that, that stood out to me uh, that, that we can unpack a little bit further. But, but real quickly, here's uh, his bio. So he was drafted by the Saints in the fifth round of the 2009 NFL Draft after playing his college football at SMU. He's a husband, father of four, and he and his wife started the What You Give Will Grow Foundation, which offers outreach to people in New Orleans. And, and then his new book is called The Middle School Rules of Thomas Morstead. But you may remember him being involved in one of the, the, the wildest plays in Super Bowl history. So Super Bowl forty four, the Saints were taking on the Colts, and I was pulling hard for the Colts that day. But he ended up doing the onside kick to open up the second half of that Super Bowl. And, and so it was known as, known as Ambush which was the first onside kick attempted in any Super Bowl before the fourth quarter. So it's pretty cool that forever he'll be a part of that, that play and, and was the, the kicker able to make that happen. Also, in 2018, he was uh, pro football focus. Uh, they named him the NFL Special Teams Player of the Year, and he was also ranked as the NFL's best punter from 2016 to 2018. So he's been a pro bowler and an all-pro and so you'll enjoy hearing from him today. But before we do that, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. So just a, a warning as Thomas joins us, 
he's on daddy duty. So we'll have to uh, give him some grace as you'll you'll hear some kids uh, talking in the background. Uh, actually, his his wife had an emergency to uh, to deal with, and so uh, he's still uh, stuck with the interview, which I appreciated, and and hopefully everything turned out uh, okay with uh, with their family. Um, and so you'll uh, you'll hear some kids yelling in the background, but hey, we've gotten used to it because uh, most people are are working at at home still uh, with with the family. In the background. So here we go. Thomas Morstead. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Thomas, thanks so much for being with us here on Unpacking It. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Man, well, we, we appreciate it, and, and we're excited to, to talk uh, about the, the new book. Uh, but first off, you know, I've kind of been curious as I've talked with different guests, just hearing how different guys have experienced the last few months. And so how has the pandemic affected the offseason for you, both family-wise and football-wise? Well, it's all one. Uh, it's all connected. You know, I've got four young kids, so nobody's in school. Nobody's in their Mommy's Day Out program. And uh, so it's been a challenge um, for sure. Uh, just being able to train, work out. I've got a gym set up at my house in my back patio. Um, pulled down the uh, the family swing, and so I've got that set up. And uh, you know, it's just been it's been a major challenge. Just you know, trying to find time. Uh, there's no breaks in the day, um, but it's uh, there's been a silver lining for sure. I've spent a ton of time with my children. And uh, I know I won't regret that. So it's been really nice. No, de- definitely not. And so uh, you've got four kids under the age of six. Is that right? Yeah, my oldest just turned six wow. uh, boy. And then I've got a four and a half year old boy, a three year old girl and a uh, 16 month old girl. Oh, my goodness. And we, we hear them in the background because you're on, on daddy duty today. But, but that's right. <laughs> but but as you kind of even look back at the, the last couple of months and and with those challenges, has there been anything that you've learned or, or maybe ways that you've grown in, in a specific way uh, because of the unique circumstances? Yeah. I mean, look, it's, I think anytime you get uncomfortable or it's not the way you prefer it, um, you're, you're forced to grow, right? You have mm. to adjust and adapt. So um, I don't know that there's a tangible skill set that I've gained. I just, I just know that, uh, you know, maybe probably being patient has, uh, has been, uh, paramount and, um, just working together with my wife, making sure I can train, but also making sure she's not losing her mind either. And like I said, it's just, it's just been really nice, uh, spending so much uninterrupted time with the kids because different events we do year round or different trips we have, you know, there's a lot of hustle and bustle, you know, there's a little bit of a rat race with sports and school and getting them here and there. And, we haven't had any of that. So that has been uh, nice just to kind of not have too much of a schedule. Oh, that's cool. Well, at, at that age, what, what do the kids enjoy? What, what can you do kind of with, with all the kids together? Uh, you know what? I, they're all different. And I think uh, at the end of the day, it's not very complicated. I think your kids need time with their parents. And, um, and I think it's simple as that. So whether it's getting creative outside with chalk, making plain hopscotch or doing a, we built a giant, uh, 
used a ton of chalk to do like a shoots and ladders game on the driveway and then made a, uh, a big giant cube dice out of Amazon boxes. So, you know, just get creative and having fun with the kids, you know, just, uh, you know, you don't have to have a certain thing set up or, you know, you just kind of have to get creative and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been definitely a big adjustment, but we've loved it. That's awesome. No, that that's really cool. I, I have a 10 month old and, and have enjoyed the, the time with her. So it's, uh, that, that is the, the silver lining with all of this for sure. Well, I, I was noticing on your, your Twitter account that you, you posted a, a picture recently of you climbing a mountain. Was that picture of you recently climbing a mountain or, or what's the story there? Yeah, we, uh, we spend time in Colorado in the summers normally, and with no off-season happening, we got out there a little bit early. It was a, a lighter-than-normal snow season out here, and so the snow's melted off quickly, and it's been a warm spring, so summer came early, so we got out here. And, um, you know, it was about a 13-mile day down and back. Really was fun to do with some uh, friends and family. And uh, my six-year-old boy and my four-and-a-half-year-old boy are now aggressively trying to get me to do that with them. And I'm trying to explain to them <laughs> how long 13 miles is and how many hours that's going to take. So, uh, But I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to weaken me to where we do it at some point this summer altogether because the lifts aren't running right now to get you close to the peak anyway so that's that was a it was a for sure it was a good challenge and uh i'm looking forward to doing it with them at some point oh that that's neat Not, nothing like that that feeling of getting to the top so uh that was a that was a cool picture right. you uh you posted and it, it, speaking of, of getting on top of course from a football standpoint you were on the saints team uh that that won a, a super bowl and, and and not to not to necessarily go negative but the last two seasons for the saints have ended with tough losses to end the season and so what is your perspective on the, the team kind of going through that the last two years and and how has maybe that that experience even strengthened the team heading into the, this upcoming season uh yeah so i would say number number one that we've had three horrible losses to end the season uh we had the minnesota miracle three years ago oh, that's right which was, uh, three. yeah as, as brutal as it gets as well so but you know look there's no moral victories in football there's no doubt we have a great crew of people, uh, leaders, guys that have been through it, that know what it takes. And, you know, the hardest part about every year is you just mentally, you just know you don't pick up where you left off. You have to start over. You have to go, you have to go earn it again. You know, you're, you're being good last year doesn't mean anything for this year. And I think if you can really believe in that uh, and know that the journey is going to be difficult, um, you give yourself a chance, you know, we're going to be a marked team like we have been the past few years. And so, that make you know we're not going to catch anybody off guard, and so that makes it even more challenging um, dealing with those expectations. But that's why it's important to have the right guys in the locker room, to re- have the right chemistry, uh, guys that love each other and that care about each other, and um, and so I think we have that. But again, like I said, it doesn't guarantee anything this year. You got to go out and earn it again. Wow. And and, and what is it? Uh, what has that experience been like for you too, being on the team with with leaders like Sean Payton as your head coach and Drew Brees? as the quarterback, what, what makes them special and, and what kind of impact have they had on that lo- locker room through, throughout your career that you've been able to, to be a part of? Well, I mean, look, there's no doubt, um, you know, having the same head coach, uh, same general manager and same quarterback has provided uh, a very unique stability that few have been able to experience. And so I've been fortunate to be a part of that. It's not just the guys that have C's on their chest that are captains, that are leaders on our team. We've got so many guys that are leaders. Mm. When you have the right type of people 
you, you, at least you give yourself a chance. Everybody thinks they have hope or they rationalize that they have hope, but there's probably only 10 to 12 teams that really have a chance every year. And so to really feel like you're one of those every year, it just makes it really enjoyable knowing that you're going some, you're going for something that you actually have a chance to attain. And, um, and so I just, you know, I can't say enough about the group of men we, we uh, have on our team. Very cool. No, that, that's great to hear. Well, well, we love to, to hear the, the, the stories of our, our guests and, and, and what's cool about you is you, you've been able to, to write a, a book with Sean Jensen called the, the middle school rules and, and, and really sharing stories of, of your upbringing and and so uh it's a, it's a really cool book uh easy for uh you know a middle schooler or, or even younger to to read with their their parents um and so you 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 know share some of the the, the tougher stories growing up and so i guess take us into what this process was like for you to figure out that you wanted to share these stories and, and in this kind of uh, format or, or platform to be able to do that well, look, Sean Jensen reached out to me uh, to interview me actually after the Minnesota Miracle game. We had kind of a fluky thing happen that game uh, where after the game, my foundation kind of had a viral thing happen to it. And we raised a ton of money and we went back to Minnesota the, the week of the Super Bowl and, and, and gave that money back to uh, Minnesota Children's Hospital. And um, anyways, I had a bunch of interviews on Radio Row. And Sean was the last interview I had. And we couldn't do it in person. We did it over the phone. We just hit it off, had a great energy. And he asked if we could stay in touch. And we did. And he sent me a few of his other books that he'd done with a few of the other athletes, asked me what I thought about him. And I just said, man, these are great. And he said, well, I was wondering if you'd be interested in being my next athlete to do this uh, series with. And, you know, I jokingly said, you know, what's your goal? And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, I'm a punter in a small market, so I don't know if you're like trying to sell books or what the deal is. You know, you've, you've got Hall of Famers on these other uh, on these other books here. And he said, no, I think you'd, you've got a great story and I think people really enjoy the book. And so we did it. It's been an enjoyable process. Sean's a total pro just watching the way that he does it, his formatting, how he plans it all out. And he just made it a really enjoyable process. Uh, me reaching back to coaches, mentors, teachers, family rehashing how I got to where I'm at, all the support that was there along the way. It's been very meaningful to me personally. So I've really enjoyed the process. Oh, that, that, that's awesome. Well, I, I want to get into a couple of the, the, the lessons that, that kids can learn as they, they read this book. And they're great lessons for, for all of us, uh, even, even as adults as well. Uh, but I guess kind of the, the first part of, of your, your story from a sports perspective, what was the process for you going from soccer to kicking to punting and then kind of ending up uh becoming an nfl punter so how how how, what was that journey like for you and and how did you ultimately end up landing on being a punter and a kickoff specialist well look i was a soccer guy my whole life my parents are from england uh, or my mom is from there my dad grew up there so i've always been in soccer um, I had an issue with a coach. I didn't realize it was an issue, but uh, I did make the team my junior year of, college, of high school. So I went out for the football team uh, just to have that experience. My mom actually was very instrumental in convincing me to go do that. And so it was that was the toughest day in my life to that point, not making the soccer team. I felt like my world was cratering and, you know, just an opportunity that opened up and I took it and I was able to have a, a really enjoyable experience my senior year in high school. 
And uh, I thought that was it when the season was over. And then there were some college coaches that were in my coach's office wanting to talk to me about walking on. And so uh, that was the first thought I had about it. I walked on at SMU for a few years, was able to earn an academic scholarship to go there for engineering. And then, you know, just, I don't know, I just fell in love with punting. I fell in love with training, the work, and just the chance to play on a Saturday was really what, what spurred me on. That was just the whole idea was, man, maybe I'd get to play one day on a Saturday. And, uh, you know, I got, I was very much a late bloomer. I don't think anybody could have foreseen the development that I had in my first two and a half years. By the time my junior year rolled around, I had probably the top punting season in the country that year Hmm. and um, was drafted another year later after my senior year. And, um, you know, the Saints kind of stuck their neck out for me and uh, they traded up to get me. I don't know. It's just been a wonderful experience all the way around. Um, from Houston originally, so being in New Orleans has really been nice to be close to home. You know, the whole thing has just been wonderful. Uh, you know, it's been icing on the cake. I've I've invested my whole heart the entire time, and I have, uh, you know, given everything I have to it. And um, I don't know. I hope when I'm done playing, there will be no, no regrets and no resentment. The whole experience has been, uh, even the tough times have been great. Oh, that that's incredible. Now you're get, gearing up for your 12th season in the league, uh, which is just uh, it's just incredible. So uh, a cool story, and 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 wish you wish you the best moving moving forward as far as uh, football goes. But but let's look back at some of the the, the lessons you you share in your book and and things that you've learned uh, growing up. And 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 one of those things that stood out to me was this this willingness to be vulnerable and embracing weaknesses so so what made you realize that and 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 what's kind of the story behind that you know i don't know that i realized it. i just always um i don't know i just for some reason i was less scared of failing than i was of of trying and giving my best um i've always been i've kind of been able to look ahead and and say okay how can i make sure i don't have a regret here Mm. and so um i think just having that ability to to think about that as a young person has really helped me because it doesn't mean that I've made all the right choices because I certainly have not, but I don't really have many regrets, if that makes sense. I've just, I've I've tried to look ahead and make sure that I I wouldn't have a regret. And um, I think that's really helped me a lot in in every area of my life, honestly. Um, And so I just think that ability, and I think, I don't know if this is something that can be developed or if it's just something that's innate, but I would just say I'm kind of eternally optimistic and, uh, I just always have this overwhelming sense that it's going to work out. And I think that's been also very helpful because when you're in, it's really good to feel good about yourself when it's, when things are going great, but whenever it's tough times, I think that's when it's, uh, that's, that's when it's a real, you know, when it really matters. I think that's carried me through some of the tougher experiences that I've had. Yeah, absolutely. And so when it comes to uh, your faith and, and being a follower of Jesus I, I hear, you know, in what you're you're saying that 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 has to be the the foundation and the lens that you're looking through to give you that that hope. And so, um, so I guess just maybe maybe you could share a little bit about how how your faith keeps you grounded and and truly gives you that perspective. Yeah, I think it's I think when you are a believer in Jesus, I think it just the foundation can't ever be the foundation is always solid, right? So there's no everything around you can be unstable or shaky. Uh, doubts certainly creep into anybody's mind, but when you're able to kind of pull yourself out of the hole and go back to that rock foundation, 
it it kind of is a way for you to always kind of return to stability before you go off onto these other branches, if that makes sense. So um, I've just been really fortunate. I don't ever remember missing church as a kid. Hmm. Um, she was involved in Sunday school and teaching us and always volunteered. And um, that's one of the cool parts of this book, honestly, was story, one of the chapters. And my mom really realizing how big a deal that investment was for her children. And, you know, you just never know the things that you invest in if they're going to pay off. Mm. And I think that was really special for her to realize how meaningful it was. Gosh, that, that's awesome. And, and so you even mentioned it a, a little bit earlier, um, just about the uh, in order to grow, sometimes you have to be uncomfortable. And so as you've learned that lesson and, and, and also through a through a lens of, of faith, what, what does that mean? And I think a lot of people right now, we find ourselves in these uncomfortable situations. The, the world is very uncomfortable right now all around us. And, and so what, what have you learned about that and, and what can be an encouragement to, uh, to our listeners today in, in just embracing the uncomfortable so that we can grow? Well, I think that's the only way you do grow. Uh, I don't think you grow whenever it's easy. Mm. Um, I think you have to lean into that discomfort. I think it's, if you're feeling uncomfortable in times right now, when it comes to, you know, the conversations going on with race, that's a good thing. Mm. Um, you, I think you should feel that way. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't, that's, that actually scares me a little bit. Um, you know, I've had my, I've had my eyes open more in the past few weeks than before. And, and there's honestly, there's a little bit of shame that comes with that because I've got so many guys that I care about that are black, that I've uh, shared a locker room with. And, uh, and so I think if you're not uncomfortable, you need to start reading a few books and, and uh, opening your eyes and assume that you don't know everything. I think that's where we get into in a, as a society that's really tough right now is that people are so angry without, they don't, uh, so many people feel as if they know all there is to know. Hmm. And I don't, I don't think that's ever going to be the case for any of us. And so, and for the people that are feeling discomfort, uh, good lean into it. That's a perspective changer and a way for you to grow. And, uh, man, that's, that's exciting to me if you're feeling that, um, because hopefully if we get enough people doing that, it's, it's not that you agree one way or the other, uh, wholly, you don't have to be all the way to the right or all the way to the left or all the way up or all the way down. It's just learning and listening and have a little bit of empathy. That's all it is. Amen. No, that that's good. And and just this yeah, the idea that we 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 grow when we're uncomfortable. And 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 that that lesson it, it translates in a lot of different areas and, and and appreciate your your perspective on that for sure. And and along those lines too, uh you know, as far as you looking back at your growing up and and I imagine too, I mean the book focuses on kind of the the middle school ages and 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 growing up, but but even after college and, and in your NFL career, looking back and saying, seeing how obstacles were blessings. And, and so that's a, a theme for, for you as well. And, and so what, what are maybe a couple of those obstacles that you can share with us where you look back now, you see how God used those and how ultimately they, they, they turned out to be blessings in your life? Well, I think if you think about physical bullying or emotional or mental bullying, I think when you go through those things, um, you know, it's good to gain that perspective. It's good to feel that way because I mean, it, it doesn't feel good, but it, it what it does is it creates empathy, and it, and it and it creates the ability for you to be a better person 
to other people that when you see it happening, you can be a light. It really doesn't matter what the obstacle is. It's just, it's just once you go through it, it's kind of like being a parent. You tell your kids things and most of the stuff you say kind of just goes through one ear and out the other. But when they experience the pain, they experience the suffering, they experience the defeat or whatever it is, maybe it's experiencing the regret. That's when, when you truly feel it is you can have a change in perspective and you say, I don't want that to happen again, or I don't want that to happen to me again, or I don't want it to happen to my friend again. And so it's all of those things are, uh, uh, are to me, it really doesn't matter what the obstacle is. It's just about gaining a perspective on it that, um, you know, helps you change and become a better person. And I think the other thing that it helps you do is the more obstacles you go through, you almost look at it in kind of a twisted way of you're almost looking for obstacles, hmm. right? Cause you know, it's going to make you better. And hmm. so when you have that sort of mindset, I think it's really powerful. That, no, that's awesome. Cause yeah. And same, same with uh, pursuing opportunities to be uncomfortable. A lot of times we'll avoid that, but, but like you say, those are, those are the opportunities to grow. And so obstacles turn into blessings. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. And I think, I think just to add on to that, um, you know, we live in a world where, uh, more and more things are become conveniences. Mm. You have to wait less time. Uh, things are so sudden. You can, you can, you know, you used to have to wait a week for something. Now you can get it in a day or you used to have to wait three minutes for a website to pop up. And now, now it pops, <laughs> now it can pop up in one second. Right. So um, I think people that can practice that discomfort and practice goal setting things that are not only uh just regular goals, but like long-term visions and long-term goals where they really grind through it. Those skills I think are going to become rarer and rarer as mm. conveniences become more and more widespread. And so if you can practice those, I think you have a real leg up and just in society. That's good. That's good. What one final uh, kind of lesson from, from the book uh, just to kind of get some more of your thoughts on, and they're all very, very similar too, but uh, th- this idea that Things will not always go our way. And it's one of those things that we kind of realize, but we don't, uh, I think we still complain and whine and we don't always realize the, the truth behind that. But, but you kind of focus on, hey, don't let your circumstances or, or even people dictate your joy. And so what, what, what does that mean to you? And, and, and I, I imagine your, your faith in Jesus gives you the, the joy to, to cling to. Absolutely. And I think it's, it, that's another thing that you can practice. I think, uh, you know, that when I think of what you just said, it just comes down to gratitude and practicing gratitude. And sometimes that can be hard to do when things are really tough. But, you know, I think for some people, it, it's just the most simple things, right? If you can just focus on your breath and being thankful for that, that's always a good start um, uh, just tangibly. And so I think the more you practice gratitude, I think you just, you just wire your brain and you just, you're just, uh, you become positive because it just becomes a decision. It's not, it's not, well, I had a good or a bad day. It's just like it, it, today is going to be a good day or the next day is going to be a good day or the next step is going to be good. And so I just think all those things are just practiced. That's good. A- absolutely. Well, the, the book is called The Middle School Rules of Thomas Morstead, and, and he shares uh, plenty more of these these types of lessons with with stories of of growing up that that can relate to uh, you know younger kids and and can can learn and be encouraged uh, by Thomas's story and and I guess kind of the the, the final thought as we we wrap things up uh, I'm curious as you look back at your NFL career and and now heading into your your 12th season in in which ways has has being an NFL player 
challenged your faith and, and in what ways has being in the NFL uh, actually strengthened your, your faith in Jesus and, and, and grown uh, your relationship with him? You know, I think I, I don't know what everybody else's expectation of going to the NFL would be like, but I think there were some challenges in my first year. You're just, you know, exposed to so much. And uh, I'm, I would say I was relatively naive. And so uh, that was challenging in a few ways. Um, but I think, you know, I was fortunate. I had a, I've had John Carney and John Casey. Uh, there were two NFL kickers that played 20 plus years in my first and my third year, respectively. And these guys lockered right next to me and having two men like that as people to just watch how they operated. They were a light without beating anybody over the head with anything. There was just something different about them. And everybody, I think everybody noticed it and wanted to be like that. And so having people like that around me uh, was really instrumental for me young in my career. And then it's also been instrumental for me to hopefully try to be that example to other players as they come in the locker room. Mm. I think uh, having a, a faith and Jesus has, has really been important as far as the day-to-day, the ups and downs of the, of the day, the season, uh, the week, how you're feeling. Maybe you're dealing with an injury or a sickness or whatever. And at the end of the day, all you can do is turn over every stone and work your tail off, and then it's not up to you anymore. And so I think once you can have that mentality, it kind of takes the pressure off of yourself. To, it's not like you're doing it, right? You're, you, you put in all the work and it's not up to you anymore. And, and, and once you get to that place, I think it allows you to operate with such a level of, of confidence that is um, pretty rare. Mm. So that's been helpful for me. That, that's a good word. And, uh, yeah, we're here in Charlotte, so John Casey is a longtime Panther and, and one of the, the legends here in Charlotte. So uh, not, not surprising to hear uh, the impact he, he was able to have even in a, a short stint there in, in New Orleans. Um, well, Thomas, man, really appreciate you uh, you joining us today and encourage people to check out the book, The Middle School Rules of Thomas Morstead, and then also uh, the, the work that you and your, your wife and, and it looks like a great team down in New Orleans, uh, the, the organization, What You Give Will Grow, uh, your, your foundation doing great work in New Orleans. And, and I, I just love the, the name, What You Give Will Grow, and, and a cool story behind that uh, inspired by your, your former coach. Uh, but, but I guess just kind of the, the final word, what, what does that mean to you? What you give will grow, and, 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 and maybe even just an inspiring word for our, our listeners today as we, as we wrap things up. Yeah, my coach, Frank Gann Sr., used to, that was one of his sayings, what you give will grow and what you keep you lose. You can really paint that to any different canvas of life. For me, uh, it just had so many meanings. It was about not being selfish. It was about being secure and not insecure. Mm. Um, that could be mentoring someone who is competing with you. Mm. Uh, that could be, you know, like I said, when you just have the confidence with your faith, all you know is that you need to do the right thing. Very, very rarely is, is the right thing a gray thing. Most of the time, you know exactly what you need to do. And so it's just following that sort of, that sort of credence, I guess. Um, always pouring into people, giving of yourself, and whether it becomes a blessing to you or to somebody else, it grows into something much more than you ever imagined. It's kind of like the ripple effect. You know, you just don't know how your actions can affect people. Mm. Uh, but you just have to believe that that investment is going to pay off. And um, even if you don't ever get to see the, the uh, you know, the rewards of that investment. And so I think having that message in my life at a young age has been, was really impactful. And that's why we decided to name the foundation What You Give Will Grow. 
What you give will grow. I love it. Well, Thomas, get back to the kids. I know you, you got a lot to juggle today and, and, and hope everything goes, goes well with your, uh, your, your son that's, that's in, in the ER. So, uh, man, we, uh, yeah, we thank you for taking the time and, and, and wish you the best uh, moving forward. So thanks so much, Thomas. All right. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. There's Thomas Morstead joining us here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in studio to unpack the interview with Thomas. And not bad for a New Orleans uh, Saints player, right? (laughs) No, he was awesome. So glad to have him on the show. And I I thought uh, a couple things that really jumped out to me. And these are things that we know, but we have to continue hearing it, experiencing it, and embracing it. And that is we don't grow when it's easy, and we have to lean into discomfort and it's it's just so true it it doesn't I don't necessarily fully believe that you can't grow during good times meaning when things are good you can there's there are certain aspects of your life where you can grow you can continue to read you can continue to learn from people but there's no question that the learning process is intensified when it comes to developing character learning to become more like Jesus it happens when we're uncomfortable, when we're dependent on him, when we're, we're, we're stepping out in faith, when things are, are uncertain and we trust in his certainty and we trust in his power and we trust in his strength and it begins changing us from the inside out. And, and so I, I believe in it. I, I believe in the, this idea that when things are tough, when things are you know, uh, uncomfortable and we're experiencing discomfort in life, we... Uh, we're more apt to surrender and admit that we can't do it. And we, we, you know, acknowledge, all right, Lord, I can't do this. I need you. And, and so he, he ends up teaching us so much through that experience. He shows us who he is. He teaches us about him. Uh, but we also just learn patience. And so for every experience that we've had going back to middle school that has developed our patience, it, it, it makes us a little bit more patient the next time, and we have a long ways to go, right? Most of us do. And so we continue to experience something challenging, something that's uncomfortable, and, and so that's how we grow. And, and I like that, you know, just the idea that we got to lean into it. All right, I'm going through a tough time. What can I learn? How can I grow? And, and this, this is a, con- a consistent theme on this podcast because every single guests that we have on and every single person listening here has stories to share that that relate to going through something tough developing learning growing being challenged and coming out on the other side stronger especially when when we lean into the lord uh and 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 allow him to change our character that's that's when we learn that's when we truly learn and and then the other part that that I loved in the conversation is the idea of practicing gratitude. So it has to be a practice in our life. So if you're, if you're kicking field goals, you got to practice. You got to kick field goals and you become a better field goal kicker. When we practice gratitude, it affects so many other areas of our life because I know for me, when I am thankful, I'm less 
bitter, angry, frustrated, you know, all those types of emotions or stressed where you just rest in gratitude and you go, wow, I've got so much to be thankful for. And it sounds cliche, but we have to make a practice of it. We have to start our day. Uh, I even read something today on, on Facebook. Steve Harvey he, he posted something. He sits at the end of the bed, you know, kind of before you even take a step and just thank God for breath for that day. And, and I think it is that, that daily reminder of, of gratitude. And, and the whole idea, too, of praying before meals, I think oftentimes we make it such a ritual and we do it out of obligation or we feel like our food's going to be poisoned if we don't pray. I, I don't think it, that's necessarily the, the, the way to view it. The, the way to view it is, oh, man, we have an opportunity to pause for a moment and just thank God. Let's thank God for the food, sure, but let's thank God for everything from our day that we, you know, within reason. It would take us all day to thank God all day um, for everything that, that he's given us and allows us to experience. But it's just building it into the rhythm of our lives and, and having a, a heart of gratitude, acknowledging what other people are doing for us and, and uh, all that we have and, and all that we've you know, learned over the years, being thankful for what we've learned, being thankful for the ways that we are more patient now. We are less angry now. We have stronger character. We're becoming more like Jesus and having that kind of gratitude for that, I think is great as well. So some good lessons learned from Thomas and and thinking back to, to middle school. Whew, I learned a lot then. That was a, that was a tough time. I probably for everyone, a, a lot of cool memories, but a lot of just the, yeah, those social challenges, rejection. I mean, I just think I think back. I got cut from the middle school football team, which I bring it up a lot because it, it just impacted me. I learned a lot through that. Even looking back, I continue to learn from that. And then being rejected on the dance floor, yeah, that that one still stings. I'm not much of a dancer because of it. I walked across the the dance floor, asking and asked a girl to dance with me. She said no. She said no, no, no. Forget about it. Then I had the nerve to go back and ask her friend, also a no. So, so at that point, uh, okay, I, I guess dancing is not going to be my, my thing. And uh, quite frankly, uh, the girls aren't going to be uh, my strength either. But thankfully, all we need is one. We just need one wife who falls in love with us. So I love my wife, Jody. So, so I, I win in that, in, that, uh, in that game. And get this, I went to middle school with my wife. So we, we met in middle school. But at the time, I was such a knucklehead, I just I didn't make the move. I didn't, I didn't ask her to dance with me then, and that was the mistake. So, but th- this is the thing. My pastor used to say uh, that rejection is God's protection. And, and so I think back, all right, that's, that's good. I, I, can, I can buy into that. You know, I didn't play football, but it protected me from certain things, I'm sure. And it, it opened up, actually, the fact that I got cut opened up a ton of doors for, for ministry and I uh, ended up getting a mentor that would pick me up from middle school and uh, poured into my life. So anyway, I could go on and on. Maybe that's for another podcast. But uh, but I, I like you know, having these conversations with someone like Thomas about you know what he learned and, and put it, he put it in a book, Middle School Rules of Thomas Morstead. So when are we going to get Bryce's middle school rules? That's next. We got to talk to our boy, uh, Sean Jensen, who's the co-author uh, on that book. So Thanks for listening today. I'm not sure anybody's still listening, but if you are, I appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. As always, we end this show to remind you, I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news 
that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.